Okay. okay. Here we go. Today, I was up before the dawn. And I really have enjoyed my stay. But I must be moving on. Hey, hey, that was Goodbye Stranger Super Tramp from the 70s album Breakfast in America. This is Live from the Table, the official podcast of New York's world-famous comedy seller. Coming at you on the Ridecast Podcast Network, I'm Dan Natterman. We have Dove Davidoff and Periel Ashenbrand. This is a bonus episode, and we will have more classic rock after our discussion of the week's events. Dove, welcome. You're coming to us from a location that is not familiar to me. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I'm always happy to be back on Classic Rock 9208. Um, the, uh, yeah, no, I just moved into this joint 15 minutes ago. <laughs> I mean, literally 15 minutes ago. Here, my bike's over here. Check this out. This is, um, I'm in Nolita. I was able to get this Airbnb. I mean, I'm here for four months. <laughs> But look at the, look at it. I'm so jealous. Uh, Dove yeah. is in, uh, for those of you who are listening on, uh, just on audio on podcast, Dove is in Nolita. He's got a beautiful view. Um, it's nighttime, so we see the twinkling lights of Lolita. Lo, Nolita. Yeah. Lolita. Um, the, divorce, <laughs> the divorce is going well. And, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, so I just, I my kid on the scooter earlier today and then just moved into this um airbnb i'll see if i can make it permanent but this is i mean you know what's going on in the city right now it's like i don't know i mean it's it's a it's a very good deal for whatever that's worth not that people at home care but it's uh i care yeah no it's like it was a place that would have been 4k a month uh and i got it for uh 24 um you know, I mean, furnished and everything. It's like to, to be around the corner from the Nolita. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really nice. We will get back to that. I do want to talk about uh, Saturday night. Apparently, uh, Periel has beef with Dan Natterman. Okay, all right. Because won't be the first, won't be the last. Not likely, no. Because uh, she, she said she was mad at me. Because I opened for Louis C.K. on Saturday, and apparently in Jersey at the Stress Factory, the world-famous Stress Factory, um, and apparently uh, Periel is upset that I didn't tell you. Is that it, Periel? Yes. I've asked you so many times to let me know when and where you're performing, yeah. and you're out gallivanting, and I'm stuck out here outside of the fucking city. Yeah ready to like bash my head into a wall and I would have totally come to that. Well, I, you've, been, you've been so COVID safe. Would you really want to <clears throat> enter at, you know, go into an environment where the liability is clearly much higher than what you've been, you know, creating? I mean, I feel like I would probably be in, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't be planning on like diving headfirst into the crowd, right? Right, 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 right. I, I mean, I would. Well, they had a tent that. set up. Have you been to the Stress Factory, Dove? Since, uh, since? Uh, no, not since. No, no. There's a there's a tent set up. Because uh, Vinny has a lot of property outside the right. club, so they got set up right. a tent with heat lamps. I I don't know to what extent the tent is any safer. It's I assume it's somewhat that. safer. There's greater airflow, but I don't know how much safer it would be than just being well, having it inside uh, the it, club. 
Is it the same? Is it the same configuration, Dan, at fifty percent capacity or twenty five percent? No, it looks like it. When you look at it, it looks like it's full capacity. I mean, it. But, but how, it's in a tent. It's outside. It looks like you know when when we go to a restaurant outside. That that right. level of social distancing. I see. Not, so zero social distancing. Well, so <clears throat> less than I think six feet. I think. I, I mean, I didn't take a tape measure to it, but. Um, I mean, Noam wants to come into the podcast, by the way. No, I just got a message from Noam. Uh, look who's here. Look at that. It's a surprise. He has obviously something odd to get off his chest. Uh, something of great urgency. Unless he's just that bored. Oh, fuck, you sent me an invite and then nobody lets me in? Hello, hello, hello. Who has joined oh. us? What, did we invite Noam to this? I invite him to every single one. Oh, I'll oh, leave. I'll leave. Friends. No, 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 you don't need to leave. I was talking about opening for Louie this weekend, and I just, before we get into into the weeds politically with Noam, because that's always what happens, <laughs> I, want to rel- I want to relate a story that I think would be of some interest. Go ahead. You know. uh, so I'm going to meet Louie downtown. He's picking me up to drive me and Joe List out to the gig. And I take a city bike, an electric city bike, and if you know me, you know I love electric city bikes. Can't get enough of this stuff, Dan. Can't city get enough. Bike. When you go down... To the village, though, sometimes it turned out there were no, you have to park it in like a special, you know, those city bike parking things. Yes. And I it couldn't find out. one. Ooh. And I'm riding around and I, I'm getting a call from Louis' road manager, Leah, where are you? Louis waiting. Can't wait much longer. I'm riding around trying to find a parking space. I make an executive decision. I simply leave the electric city bike unparked next to the rack. There's like a whole series of parking spaces. And next to it, I leave it, I say, I, I got to make an executive decision here because there's no friggin' parking for this city bike. And I don't want to miss the Louis gig and the city bike. If somebody steals it, be a couple grand, which is more than I'm making for Louis, but I want to work with Louis. You know, by the way, Dan, as a side note, there's an app that that will let you know where they have open ports. I know. And there was nothing in the village. I, I okay. call up, I call up city bike. I'm like, Hey, could you get somebody down here? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta work with Louis. Yeah, yeah of course, baby. Of course. They said, Look, we don't give a fuck about you or Louie. <laughs> so I make, that, and I make that executive decision, hoping that nobody will steal it, hoping that somebody will just take it and get, a, and get an electric city bike on me and then just go park it where they're going. Right. You did the what right happened? thing, Dan. You did the right thing. What, you, what happened an hour later, I checked the app and somebody had taken it and parked it somewhere else. So you have I, good karma. You know, uh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't have to uh, pay the $2,000, whatever the fee is, but I think I made the right decision. Uh, I didn't want to upset Louie or cancel on him last minute. Oh my God, that would have been a terrible idea. No, you clearly made the right decision. In worst case scenario, you'd be out of pocket 2,500 bucks. Um, best case scenario was what happened to you, but <clears throat> I'm sorry, worst case scenario is um, Louie would feel like you fucked him over and you know, you know, you'd save 2,500 bucks, which will come back to you in the future. You made the right decision. Yeah, you know, and um, and I also was just anxious to do a real gig because, um, yes. yeah, I haven't really done. I mean, I've done shows in the park, I've done shows uh, elsewhere at the stand outside, which are How pretty good. It? Pardon? How was it? Oh, it was good. It was good. You know, they they, they seem to like me in Jersey. These uh, these Jersey people. Everybody um, likes you. Well, they're, but they're not just Jersey people. They're they're Louis Jersey people. They're Louis Jersey people, so that they're a little bit more. Um, 
You know, know, Norton, Norton, a little Jersey. more comedy savvy, perhaps, maybe then. Yeah, Jim, Jim Norton, Jersey people may not have been quite as, quite as a, a, a kind, if you will. I but can't believe that you didn't tell me you were doing this. I really fucking can't. It never dawned on me to tell you because um, it's all the way in Jersey. I just didn't think you'd make that kind of a trip. And likely you would not have, by the way. She I can. have been locked up in a fucking house for seven months. You cannot. If you want to go on that trip, then your kid doesn't play with my kid anymore. <laughs> no, I'm Were you in the city the other day at some dinner meeting? God knows where. I'm not going to some. I I, I met with with people who were quarantined. I'm not going to some some strangers, especially Louis crowd. What do you mean? Well, you did a great job. You did a great job building out those plexiglass partitions at the olive tree. It yeah. looks great, and it works really well. I mean, I was there. I did stand up there earlier in the week. It was, it was, or last week. It was, it was good. Right. Are we, are we talking about that, Noam, openly? No. Okay. <laughs> well, well, I mean, we're, I go ahead. Up in a room. Nobody's breaking any any. Uh, there's no regulations being broken. Uh, no, nobody, nobody's quite sure. You're allowed to have a piano player. We're not having any shows, but if somebody if somebody gets up and starts talking to the people, what am I going to do? Like tell them There's no official to... show. You know, I was I was in the middle of playing piano, and then I started to talk. <laughs> now there's no official show. We don't. We're not even charging the extra COVID ten percent. We've let alone char charging admission. So, but I mean, I mean, well, I so Dan was in a tent. I mean, it, I was in a tent. I was saying before you got here, Noam. I was in a tent where there's, it's like it's not. When I say a tent, it's like a major deal. It, it's like a tent you would have for like a, a wedding, or you know. Um, then there's there's sides to it. It's like there's walls to this tent, right? And it's high ceilings. There was a lighting lighting apparatus uh, that Vinny had. In, I got to hand it to Vinny. I'll tell you this: you cannot kill this guy. <laughs> I mean, come COVID, come, come, come hail, come plague, he will have his show. And he did a beautiful job setting this big tent up and with the heat lamps. And there, and there are openings on the side, so there's airflow. But I'm just wondering to what extent it's safer than just being inside. Maybe it is, maybe it is. And I don't know. I'm not an epidemiologist, but I'm just wondering. But in any case, it's legal to do it that way. So he's doing so it. You, you're, uh, so you're not near anyone. I mean, it's really riskier for the audience members. Yeah, I'm on stage and we have our, we, everybody has their own, me, Joe List, which were the openers, and Louie, we all had our own microphones and we were, you know, we were away from the stage. So for us, it's no um, big deal. Uh, the audience, I don't know. You know, they, they had to wear their masks whenever they left their table. And Vinny did a good job of, of patrolling and uh, of that and enforcing that. So, um, and he's been doing shows all along, and you know things are. I think you know anything to no keep problem. Vinny off that off doing twenty minutes on that payphone indoors on his wall. I, I mean, don't know. I, I'd be happy to work outdoors all year long rather than sit through that payphone act. So I don't know if he's doing the payphone anymore. <laughs> or not, did you guys hear what happened to Jeffrey Tubin? Yes, we did. But if you want to uh, just briefly discuss. Just, to, to you know, give the broad strokes, give the broad strokes, if you will. That was an unintentional play on words, but uh, the broad yeah, Jeffrey strokes. Tuba, <laughs> Jeffrey Tuba got caught doing something. Uh, all what? the rest of us had never got caught doing. He got caught. <laughs> he got caught masturbating during a Zoom call, a professional Zoom call. This is first of all, this is the thing. This guy's, you know, he's, he's at least in his fifties, right? 
Yeah, so his technological prowess may not be what it should no, be. No, that's quite that's quite a, a an over overpowering libido for a man that age. He's got to jerk off during a a Zoom call with on. The, <laughs> I mean, I, I I haven't done stuff like that since I was a teenager. Like I I could I could keep it together. For, for I, don't, I don't think I could get an erection just on a general meeting type call. I mean, no. it wasn't in the context of some, you know, sexy talk. It was an actual. No, meeting. I think it was just a. It was the New Yorker, you know. I don't know. <laughs> so funny. Were. Now, now, of course, this is this is what Louis was accused of doing, right? One of the one of the big letters that the girl was talking to him, and she she figured out that he was masturbating. This is serious. Let's remember, they said this was serious. No, no, but Tubin said that he had, he thought he was off. He he thought he had um, blocked Privacy. the video. He, yeah, he but, but Louis. But one of the things with Louis was that she he didn't tell her she was masturbating. She caught him masturbating. You remember over the, over the phone? Over the phone, yeah. No, but Tubin thought he had exited the meeting. I think, or that he had. Oh no! How, how could you think you exited the meeting? <laughs> Well, you can yeah, and, stop and the video. Was, if you stop the video, and nobody can see it, and nobody can hear you. Oh, is that what he said? Uh, yeah, he said that he had thought uh, he had uh, stopped the video. Why did he get fired for that? Did he say, did he say it was hacked? Investigation. These people bullshit. I mean, he. Who cares? So he got fired because he was jerking he off. Just, he got suspended. During a professional meeting, he was caught masturbating. Uh, to uh, uh, during the. St- it was unclear if anything was it Tubin, who has since been suspended, later told Vice, I believed it was not visible on Zoom. I thought no one on the Zoom call could see me. I thought I had muted the Zoom video. It was unclear, but he hadn't muted the audio. It was unclear what if anything other than it's so funny to me. Can you imagine? I can't believe I mean, first of all, I actually can't believe that he only got suspended. So they're going to uh, let him come back? And say, I, I think they're investigating. I, I they were doing some sort of simulation. Investigating what? Whether he thought he was mute. I, I take him at his word that he that it was a mistake. I can't believe he would do that on purpose. You know, I wonder if he knows what gets some, some people off. But did he, so he thought that the Zoom call had come to an end? He thought he had missed off the video. I'll do it right now as a, as a demonstration. I, you, Stop you the mean, video. You see, you there I am. I could masturbate right now. You'd have no idea. I mean, depending on what moaning I was doing, if any. And now the video starts back, and here I am in my fish tank. I demand to know whether or not you, you, you were masturbating. And I did, I did manage to get one out in a brief oh, yeah, period of time. I knocked one out so fast, so quick. <laughs> because I'm that good. Is that good? Is that good? But, but, the he stopped a, a, video, a video Zoom and jerked off inside of 15 seconds. Did, did he? But I don't understand. So Tubin shut the video off and then began jerking off without any material? No pornography? Okay. I really don't know the details. Uh, we'll have well, to. I'd like to know it. because that would be an impressive feat in and of itself—just an imagination, uh, uh, masturbation. Well, maybe. Okay, here, here's the story: The New Yorker was suspended to masturbating on a Zoom chat between members of the New Yorker and WNYC Radio. Tubin says he didn't realize his video was on. I believe that was that was two people who were who were on the call told Vice separately that the call was an election <laughs> erection, an election simulation. Featuring many of New Yorkers, New Yorkers' biggest stars, Jane Mayer was playing a Republican, even Eva, Joe Biver, uh, Sue Howe. Uh, so, and he was playing the part of somebody. And he just, I guess, I guess the thought of Biden winning. It just, <laughs> <laughs> he was jerking off during an, an election simulation. 
both said, this is Vice, now Vice is using very journalism, both said they saw Tubin jerking off, according to my stuff. That's, That's the language they use. Incredible. That is just incredible. Oh my God. Uh, it says, at this point, they said it seemed like Tubin was on a second video call. The sources said that when the group returned from their breakout rooms, Tubin lowered the camera. The people on the call said they could see Tubin touching his penis. Tubin then left the call. Moments later, he called back in, seemingly unaware of what his colleagues had been able to see. <laughs> did, he, did he ejaculate? Oh, I mean, uh, well, we don't know. I don't know. Is there a money shot somewhere? Well, again, I say that I think that, that, you know, I don't see what motivation he would have had to do that on purpose. So I'll take him at his word that he's just an older guy, albeit not much older than me, that doesn't know how to use technology and, um, and uh, you know, fucked up. Well, yeah, but it's also just an interesting time to, 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 to immediately begin uh, masturbating. Actually, without... I'm sorry, he's, he's 60. He's, he's quite a bit older than me, in fact. Oh. I thought he was in his 50s. He's 60 years old. So, you know, even a 60-year-old being a little bit clumsy with technology, I suppose. Not uh, everybody's nothing, clumsy, nothing clumsy about the way he pulled out his pole and began hammering away. Oh, I mean, he's got the libido <laughs> of a teenager, but the technological wherewithal of an, of an 80-year-old. Yes, yes. Outrageous. That's wow, just fucking outrageous. I mean, honestly, you would never find a woman doing this. I mean, it would just no. never fucking happen. No. Yeah, a trans right. woman might. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Perio! No, I forgot you. You, you're not. Perio would disagree. She thinks a trans woman has all the qualities of a woman. Isn't that what you told me? Yes. <laughs> so a trans, so a trans woman wouldn't take it out and 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 beat her meat, right? First of all, that's totally offensive and disgusting. Why? And why? Why is that offensive? Because. Honestly. Not all trans women have penises. I'm talking about the ones that do, obviously. The ones that do. And second of oh, all, why was it offensive? Just it's just vulgar. If I said something, we're talking about masturbating on TV here. What's vulgar? That's fine. That part, I just feel like who cares? I mean, first, I can't wrap my head around the fact that this guy is jerking off during like. Right. I, I'm, what is he? No, doing? But, but we are onto something here. We are onto something, which is is that a difference between trans women and regular women? Uh, I'm sorry, that's offensive. Trans women and trans women and X Y uh, cis women. X X six cis cis women born born whatever. I can't. I can't. I'm I'm like Jeffrey. Well, I'm I'm not convinced that a woman would never do such a thing. Women. I take back the regular woman. It really. I don't mean to talk that way. I didn't mean oh. it that way. But um, is, is that a difference between trans women and and uh, what we used to call women? I don't know. What, what is well, what do, we, do do we know that trans women? First of all, what exactly are we saying? Women masturbate as well. So why would a woman... But Ariel uh, seems to think that the penis... I'm saying in a professional Sorry, setting, <laughs> I think you're hard-pressed to find yes. a woman who's going to start fingering herself in the middle... Easy, my son is here. Well, he's putting to me. <laughs> Go upstairs. Go upstairs right now. Upstairs. Is that Nicholas? Do I tell me something? Come here. All right, here we are. Now we're going to hear from Manny Dorman. Come here, quick. I'm telling my dad something. Go ahead. What do you want to okay, tell me? Quick. Okay, but I'm, yes. I'm here, so you I'm I'm making the Halloween school. Yeah. I need someone to join the Halloween school. Okay, why not come upstairs? Can you go upstairs now, please? Go. Okay. Good. It's a sweet kid. I love that kid. Manny, Mommy, just came, come here. He just came running in here and he goes, Manny. Oh, now we have Periel's kid, too. He says what? He said, Manny. Hello, Periel's uh, son. Oh, he's adorable, this kid. I never saw him before. Now Periel's running after him. 
<laughs> he's got hair like he's got long curly hair. You know, he's uh, like he's lead singer for uh, Blue Oyster Cult. <laughs> anyway, so what else is new? I, 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 I listen. I, I, I re- the, re- the reason it's awkward because Perry also said some, some trans stuff last week or on another podcast. I don't remember. And she, you know, and I think she just contradicted herself. That's all. But go ahead. I didn't. And I'm saying that I think you would be hard pressed to find a woman, trans or otherwise, who would be fingering herself or otherwise masturbating in the middle of a business meeting. Why would you assume women can finger themselves? Do you, you assume what? Why would I mean, well, I'm, I'm making fun of you. I'm saying that there are differences between male libido and female libido, libido, right? And those and those differences are probably not gender identification differences. Those are probably sexual genetics differences. It's biochemical. There's no yeah. arguing that we have different chemistry and whether or not you're taking a lot of estrogen, you still have a degree of testosterone pumping through your body, which manifests itself in ways that are, uh, could, could be seen as more aggressive. And so let, let, why, why don't we just get our facts straight with regard to the frequency of masturbation? Masturbation frequently was higher among males. And this is from the Journal of the American Medical, Associate, Medical Association, JAMA, I guess it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, when asked about masturbation frequency in the past year, approximately half of male participants reported masturbation at least twice weekly, twice weekly. Among females, 45.5% reported masturbation a few times per year, but only 22.5% reported masturbation frequencies of at least, at least twice a week. So I guess there is quite a difference, at least according to the Journal of Medical Association. Now, uh, Periel's uh, um, research might, uh, might show otherwise. I find that, I, what year is that from? Um, I mean, I'll say this. First of all, women were, you know... Number 2011, so I don't think much has changed since then. Well, I I think that female masturbation is something that was not really talked about in any way like male masturbation is talked about. It's sort of like this accepted thing that guys jerk off, but it was, you know, sort of, oh my God, if women talk about that, it's scandalous. Now listen, if, if Jeffrey Tubin were masturbating during this conversation, I'd give him a pass. <laughs> <laughs> if, this, if, this was the, if Dan's masturbating right now while you're talking about female masturbation, he's only human, all right? But uh, the, the, the fact is, is that, that every girl complains, every woman complains about seeing a dude masturbating on the subway, right? I've, yeah. never, heard, I've never heard of a woman masturbating on the subway. But that's, no, look, that's a different thing. Women, women are less likely to be perhaps exhibitionists um, it doesn't mean they're less likely to masturbate, although according to this JAMA... Oh, this, by the way, this JAMA article is focuses on adolescence. I mean... So, uh, so not uh, across the lot, but 14 to 17-year-old... 17-year-olds were in that study. I have half the libido I had 15 years ago. Still plenty, Dove. I remember you 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like Bill Gates saying he's half the money he had 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can still get by. <laughs> oh, I'm not complaining. It's a relief. It's a relief. No, I, 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 I have less than a half. hard time controlling themselves. Uh, here's another statistic from Women's Health magazine. 5% of women ages 25 to 29 engage in masturbation uh, more than four times a week. That's 5% of women in that age group. 20% of men in that age group. Uh, do the gap closes in those uh, the gap closes in for uh, multiple times a month with 21.5 percent of women 
and 25.4% of men. In any case, uh, the disparity uh, is uh, remains throughout life. With women. I, I anyway, so, so men do masturbate more, but it's not that women don't masturbate, and certainly it could happen that a woman masturbates. I clocked a good 1.5 per day until I was 35, I'm sure. Let me, I don't, let me go yeah, yeah, that's fair. Exit, and then with that, he left. Well, Periel, uh, Perry, you're a very sexual woman, and there's no secret, and our, uh, everybody knows it. I don't is, think that, I, is that true? It's nothing to be ashamed of. So, so I mean, I don't know that that's true anymore. Well, I think it is true. I think I'm you're not married. You know, things change. Well, all right, you were. So, what, what was? How how often did you uh, engage in? I don't want to hear this. I, let's talk about something else. Let's talk well, about. You're the Biden. one who just told us your your uh, schedule when you were. I know. 35. I have to listen to yours. Um, all I can say is this: I don't know one girl who doesn't masturbate regularly. And I think those numbers are off. That could be, but but this horse, of course, that contradicts with your 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 point about no woman would ever accidentally no, self control and just like a sense of fucking decorum. Yes, but if he didn't know that he was uh, being uh, you know on the Zoom meeting, then you know then then it has nothing to do with decorum. But was anyway, he talking? Can we talk about something else? All right, no one wants to talk you about. You brought this up. Although no one talking about Jeffrey Tubin, not you. <laughs> Yeah. No, but what's going on with the uh, the Amy Coney Barrett hearings? Are they ready to vote? I haven't. I stopped paying attention. I didn't even watch them. I don't even care anymore. No, you didn't see any of her. I thought that she was her demeanor, her calmness. I'm not talking about what are what are you know how conservative or, or or any of her perceived political positions. She was so articulate and so sort of. There was this kind of empowered aspect to the way she would answer the questions with no notes. She really seemed like a brilliant, hyper-articulate woman for what that's worth. And the fact that she's got two Haitian children is meaningful as well. I mean, if you want to talk about uh, extolling the virtues of, you know, uh, look, but I don't know much about her politics. And I don't know how real the liability is associated with Roe v. Wade and all of that. So I'm not commenting on that. I, 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 don't, I, I mean, she's apparently uh, super genius and she's conservative and she's religion and she uh, adopted some Haitian kids in need. And she seems, you know, by all accounts, uh, deserves to be on the Supreme Court. The, the question is whether or not Trump should have not appointed somebody so close to the election after what they did to Merrick Garland. You know, I didn't I, I, I don't think it was terrific what they did, but they didn't break any rules. You know, I mean, I, I, I didn't oh, like what they did. I don't like what they did. More. I thought what they did with Merrick Garland was shitty. I mean, this, this is not the first time a a, a court a, a Supreme Court justice will have been nominated or appointed in an election year. What about uh, what about Hunter's emails, Noam? Are you have you been um, following that story uh, closely? Yes, I have been following that one. I like those stories. Well, so um, can you can you enlighten us uh, with uh, the Cliff's Notes version of exactly what the hell's going on? Well, they, they found uh, there's this weird hard drive on a laptop that was supposedly dropped off at a, at a uh, was it Delaware uh, computer shop and he never picked it up. And he's, there's all these emails on there. And um, some of them discuss um, keeping 10% aside in a deal for China for Joe Biden. And uh, another one discusses, you know, thanking him for the opportunity 
thanking Hunter for the opportunity to meet the vice president or his, his father during the time. This is, I mean, it's all interesting because some of this goes directly to the stuff that Trump was impeached over. Like, you know, if, if these emails are true, it becomes very hard to justify impeaching Trump, in my opinion. But regardless, but, regardless of the technical aspect of the email, you know, investigation and discovery, isn't there... Part of the problem is that he received a significant um, amount of money by way of a financial group in another country with political interest. And correct me if I'm wrong, but he had no experience in energy production and or private equity situations that were- And he was was a crack addict, yes, you're right. Right, and so the notion, if you know anything about business, you, you, you just don't give away millions of dollars to anybody without, without either significant experience or you're paying for some aspect of their connected uh, situation politically. I mean, it's, it's, it's absurd to argue that you would have gotten that if he weren't your father. Now, whether or not something is, is legal, that's a, a, a different situation. Yeah, you're you're 100 right, Dove. So I mean, it's just interesting to see the Times and CNN. They won't they won't even talk about this stuff, and except that they want to focus on the fact that there was a guy at the Post who uh, didn't want to run the story, and Fox News refused to run the story because they didn't feel it was um it was verified properly verified. But of course, that was then. Now the story's out, and there has not been a single denial from anybody from anybody. Not not one person has said that's not my email. And it's been, you know, four or five days already. And also, um, some people have said, actually, yeah, that is my email. So it's becoming, it's becoming harder and harder to believe that these are not legit, except unless that's your religion to believe that. But what's fascinating is that you think, I mean, what is the New York Times actually in business for? Wouldn't it be to track down whether these emails are true or not, whether this corruption actually happened and and inform the American public in time for an election? Isn't that kind of like job one of the New York Times, more so than 1619 projects and stuff like that, which are nice, but that's not the primary, uh, um, uh, uh, what's the word? The primary mission of a, the greatest newspaper, the greatest newspaper is to inform us about our civic, most important civic facts. Like, is, was the vice president corrupt? We're about to elect him as president. Now, I, I mean, I don't, whatever. I don't think it's a reason not to vote for Biden, but um, Dove, you, you hit the nail on the head because I was saying this all along at the time is that every deal, every transaction is considered to be an even exchange. That's like a basic principle of, of, of transaction. So if Burisma pays Hunter Biden 50 to $80,000 a month, you well, presume also other upside. And then there's a fund, you know, like a private equity fund, essentially it's a two and 20 deal. I get you, you give me a quarter billion dollars and I get a, a small percentage of that in order to manage the right. money. Well, whatever it is, but let's just say if, if they're paying him 50 to $80,000 a month for yeah. a job he has no expertise in, it's natural to say, well, they're paying him for something. And we know that's something. He had no experience. Yeah. Nor- he had a successful track record as an equity guy in the first place. Right. On no level would that happen in the real world if you... Right. If you to, to what extent does that implicate Joe Biden? Well, it, well, it does. So, so this is the thing. So it's clear, they, it's, it's clear that they were buying something from him. And he was clear that by taking the money, 
he was indicating to them that he was selling something. And that is most likely his connections to his dad. So now, now the dad is the vice president. Now the dad finds out about this. Apparently, he played golf with the guys in Burisma and according to these emails, which may, not, may or may not be true, he met with one of these people. Now that is not the right thing for the dad to do. I'm not saying he did anything corrupt, compromised American foreign policy. I have no idea. But if I was Joe Biden, I would tell Hunter, listen, do whatever the fuck you want, but you're not doing any deals in Ukraine right now that I'm in charge of Ukraine. And if you don't pull out of that deal, then I'm going to have to make very clear to them that they, you know, that I'm out of this. Don't, don't, don't think that I'm involved in this in any way. The last thing I would do if I were Joe Biden was go play golf with them. And we also know that two people within the Obama administration raised this issue to Joe Biden. And one of them was told, shut up and don't mention it again. So, I mean, you know, and, and it's just shocking. Imagine if this were Trump and Trump Jr. Can you picture the New York Times saying, uh, we're, we're not going to report on this? I mean, it's just, it's crazy what's going well, on. It's not about, you know, the, it, just, it just goes to highlight the, the hypocritical nature of both sides and also highlight, you know, media bias. And so when I hear him yelling fake news, I, I mean, look, Fox is as editorialized, I mean, as they are on the left. But I don't know where you turn in this country at this point for an independent object of perspective uh, um, about information. I don't know where to go. You turn to America's source for objective assessment, which is live from the table. Live from the table, baby. And classic rock as well. I think that uh, it's a legit story. I think the emails... I mean, why wouldn't somebody deny them if they're fake? Like Biden's answer was, he is not on his official schedule. Like that's such a, imagine your wife catches you some, finds some emails that you're fucking around and you, and you say, no, no, honey, I checked my schedule. <laughs> it's like, you would say, I didn't fuck around. Regardless <laughs> of all of the details, there's a common sense observation to be made here. No one gets paid $100,000 a month without bringing significant experience or value to the table. And in the absence of those two, then you can rely on the notion that there was some sort of connection, family, political related. He just, you don't pay people millions of dollars otherwise, regardless of, of who you are. It's not how reality works. And, and there's more, and you can also count on it that at some point, somebody from Burisma said to Hunter, uh, we need you to ask your dad about blah, 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 blah. He had to. I mean, they've been paying him all his money. So the question then becomes, when he did that, what did Hunter do? And now if there's an email that says he set up a meeting, that's actually, that's actually real corruption. You know, I mean, it may not be out of the ordinary in terms of what politicians do, but that's the real thing. Oh, and to think, and to think that, that Trump got impeached because he had the nerve to say, I want you to look into this. Uh, it becomes pretty. Uh, it becomes very a very murky picture there because a president does have the right to look into such things, but so even, if, even if it's opportunistic and and political and uh, you know he he could he's still the president. He can if he gets wind of this, he has a right to look into it. And isn't what so isn't the most worrisome aspect of all of this is that it's not about the level of impropriety. I think the impropriety is clear, just on a common sense sort of reasoning basis. Isn't the, the liability that we have a, we have, 
we don't have a, a, a media outlet to turn to within which we can um, rely on something remotely objective in that everything is so hyper-politicized. I, I mean, on both the left and the right, the hypocrisy doesn't frighten me. It's that where do people turn for fucking information? I'd say the best right now is the Wall Street Journal. That, that's really yeah, what I think. They play, they play it the straightest. I agree. Even the Wall Street, even the Wall Street Journal news page can be a little left to center sometimes, but but no, I, I think they do a really good job with the Wall Street Journal. I agree. The, the I editorial agree. page is is tilts pretty right, but I'm not talking about the editorial page. It's just the news. Noam, I think we should consider negotiating a retail lease at this point in anticipation of a vaccine. I think we get a dynamite deal. I pay for the whole operation. We determine an equity split. I'm working on loan sales right now. Three deals. There, there, there are, there's, there's debt going to market that's going to be foreclosed on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Right. No, I'm jerking off. He thought he was off the computer. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Doug. Go ahead. Doug, are you talking about uh, opening up another comedy cellar or just some other general investment? Comedy cellar. Comedy cellar. I'm already working on, on, on other investment. I don't think development is the deal right now. Um, but but uh, there are some very interesting situations in New York City, provided that you believe NYC isn't going out of business, and I believe that it is not. Well, that, that's interesting because no one was before the pandemic. No one was uh, investigating opening up another room, and then he 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 didn't do it. And then the pandemic happened. And no, one, no, I I pulled out because of the pandemic. You pulled out because of the pandemic. Look, you don't want to be paying rent for twelve. I mean, you know, paying a lease for twelve to fifteen months at twenty five percent capacity. That math is clear. But what is less clear is one where you put the over under on the vaccine. And then how you weigh the variable that is that is very significant historic leverage as a as a buyer of lease of as a retail buyer in this sense, and that the seller is under very serious pressure in many cases to make a deal with a prospective tenant. Now you can do a tenant, you can do a sharing agreement on a lease, or you could just determine a rock bottom number on a per foot basis, get a 10 year lease with five year options. The negotiating leverage is very clear right now. I don't know what's available, but the idea that I would go in and pay for it, I don't know what the equity split would be. It's your club, you run it. I, I, I front the, the, the dough and we go out and make a deal. I can't control Biden, but I can control what goes on in terms of a lease situation with a seller who's underwater on a mortgage and has a tenant that already burnt out. Anyway, you get the point. Well, yeah, yeah. an interesting offer. I don't know that Noam wants to be in, 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 in business with Dove only because friendship and business can be a very complex mix. Uh, yes, but if, it, if it's clean and you're relatively experienced, there's, a, there's the idea that, look, you put up X amount of money, if you lose that money, you're a big boy. Um, and I don't have any, I wouldn't have any part in running anything. There's no, there would be no conflict of interest in that sense. Um, um, and nobody spends a quarter million dollars for stage time. I'm not looking for an extra spot on a Wednesday. Um, but I thought, you know, now's an interesting time to begin thinking. About. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you where you uh, are going wrong, uh, Mr. Davidoff, in my opinion. Uh, no, I'm not pitching anything yet. I'm just saying as a consideration. Uh, this is this is the difference between what you're discussing and where, where I think you'd be right in terms of buying property now. Right. The um, the savings that you can get on the rent right now, right. I do not think 
are worth the risk of the uncertainty of what you're getting yourself into. What I'm saying is that better to pay a little bit more rent at a time when New York has actually bounced back than to try to then get yourself in now where, you, where it's uncertain. Yeah, maybe you're going to save, uh, you know, $5,000, $7,000 a month. But um, that kind of money doesn't really matter that much if your business is successful. But, it, but if you're not making any money uh, to, to sign on a dotted line and start paying, you can lose a lot. So that's what I, I completely do. understand your CBA. I'm not pitching this from a My point what? Your cost-benefit analysis. Oh, CBA, yeah, yeah. Okay. That the cost would be higher than the benefit, you know, until we know what's going on. You'd I rather pay another $5,000. It's, it's also a question of how you assess the risk if you if, if now, no i'm I, saying that there's still a great risk that the, I, I will i will i will make a caveat there are certain locations i don't i can't think of one on top of my head but certain you know certain locations that that come up that come up uh, they become available so seldom and are so special that it will be worth grabbing them if they if they came up in, the, in other words not a run of the mill store on some street but like a really classic location you know yeah. Then, then if that comes up, that would be different. Yeah. I understand. And, 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 and uh, I've done uh, no research as it relates to where the leverage is, where the lease rates are, and none of us know when things are going to open back up in a meaningful way. I just didn't know whether there was a scenario where you could create uh, language in a contract saying, you know, if, as long as we're at 25% capacity, if you could pitch the idea that you pay 25% of wherever the lease would have been, you cap the liability on the upside. I, I don't know. It was just you can pitch that. Sure you can. Sure you can. Yeah, it was just a thought. Yeah, that's, that's also, not there's, bad. there's another issue is that I don't know how motivated Noam is to, uh, to make money at this point. I think he's, he's you know, I don't know. I can, Noam can answer that question. I'm not motivated to make money. I'm barely motivated to get out of bed. I, I don't. I don't know. Can't, I'm not even motivated to masturbate. I. 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 Uh, yeah, I'm not motivated to make money. I. I. I do hope that my old income comes back. I'd be quite happy with that. Um, but you know, it, I, I. You know, that's a mood thing. That could change. You know, I. I was ready to open a new club in in January. You know, this early this year. So I was, I was kind of psyched to do that. Thank God I backed out. They thought I was nuts. These landlords, like when I when I backed out, I said I'm not backing out until I know where this COVID thing goes. And this was in January when everybody thought it was going to be fine. Yeah. He says, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm serious." And he was mad. But thank God I backed out. No, so my smart yeah. Jew. Yeah, yeah. Get us your cup. That blood. Get us your cup. <laughs> Anyway, what else? Phone sales, you understand? I'm going to buy the face value of this note. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to bid on it. I'm going to try to pick it up for between 50 and 70% of the face value of the note. Um, Do you want to open a comedy club, Doug? Uh, name the comedy seller. If Gnomes Pete can put it, you know, every, uh, his model in place, and then I just become uh, an equity partner in a specific location, and then there could be two-way value. But well, well Dove, look, keep, keep an eye out. Or look, look at us if any of these. Um, I feel bad because these are the, you know, the, the the ruins of people's lives. But if any of these places on Bleecker Street, yeah, any of these classic spots on Bleecker Street, uh, which are already built as nightclubs, which is what's nice about them, they can be turned into a comedy club relatively right. easily. If any of them become available, let's grab it. What was the one that you loved? 
Good. I was have a, did you have a location, Noam? That that, that that location that you were talking about was a pretty good location. It was a great location, but it was it was it was gonna it had to be built from scratch. It was gonna re require a big investment, and it was a big location. But there's other places on Bleecker Street now, yeah. which could might become available. I don't know. Retail. I don't know how this relates to Bleecker Street, and it's all it's all market specific. But retail is off in Soho by by fifty percent. I've read as far, as much as 50% of where it was in 2019. Wow. So talking about really significant, um, you know, decrease in the least in, in, in where these numbers are going. It, it's going to, it's going to shift the neighborhood. They've also um, uh, initiated a zoning change in Soho. and They're going to alter the density to allow a lot more people and people of color in, um, um, in um, affordable housing situations. You might want to rephrase that. They're, they're not actually changing the zoning to allow people of color. <laughs> no, 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 no. But that is a part of the. I, I understand. I understand. But the way you said it, like they're changing the zoning to allow uh, no, no, people of no, color. I mean, they're changing. The zoning has been that way for a long, long time. And so the density in Soho is low. And when you incentivize developers with, with tax incentives, Yes. Um, the the contract with the city is that you provide thirty percent affordable housing, and so it is going to alter the nature of the neighborhood. I'm saying it as though it's a good thing for a business, and that the density will be higher. Anyway, yeah, I mean, who knows? Because I mean, I don't know. New York is no, no, nobody knows. Nobody knows. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but I want in on this, and I'm very motivated to make money. Oh, you, want, you want a piece of the action? I'm sure a lot of people would want a piece of the comedy cellar if they opened up a new location. The question is, how many partners does Noam want to take on if he does decide to go forward with? He's already got, uh, you know, people uh, that he works with. By the way, what's, speaking of partners and the comedy cellar, any, any Vegas news? Um, is there any chance that the Vegas club will open this year in 2020? I, this year in 2020, I, I doubt it. Um, <laughs> They, they tell me nothing. The Rio is not opened. It's a, it's, it's a sad story, but um, I try not to think about it. Thanks for asking. <laughs> well, I thought that maybe Vegas. Would open, I thought maybe Vegas would open sooner than New York, so it would allow you some income or some. some There's no income. The, the thing, the, the, the thing about any of these rooms opening is that you're just going to lose more money as soon as they open until there's a vaccine. Like a fly comedians out to Vegas for for twenty five percent capacity and yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I mean fifty percent capacity you I that's the funny thing like they think they're doing restaurants a favor by allowing them twenty five percent capacity it's a nightmare of twenty five percent any business that's doing twenty five percent capacity is losing is going bankrupt quickly right. I'll tell you what 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 New York did that very it seems very smart or very very good is is all the street the um you know the uh, the the sidewalk uh uh, yeah, for people who have uh, enough room, they, they they might be able to make ends meet on the side. But that's a, that's a fraction of the restaurants that actually um, exist, and that's going away. I mean, it's already cold out, right? So, yeah. Well, they're starting to use heat lamps, but you know. I mean, this this tent thing is like and at the tent situation, you know. I mean, you're just bringing the inside outside. I don't see how that's any safer. 
You're just turning the outside into the fucking inside by putting up a tent. And then, so you're all inside again, except that you're not. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's generally there'll be more airflow if, if the tents have um, big openings and, you know, um, I, I really don't know. I mean, that's what I, I was, When I was headlining, no, my headline in Philly last week and then Connecticut before that, the first, I just started coming back, but they're at 50% capacity now in Connecticut and Philadelphia. Um, I don't know when New York will, will move to 50% capacity, but there's a lot of precedent for that seemingly uh, being handled re- responsibly. I, I don't. We, we can make a living. We can make a living on 50% capacity comedy. If it's, you know, if you charge cover charges and stuff, we can, if, if we could get 50% capacity actually coming in, um, yeah, we could make some, you know, right. It, it, but it wouldn't be like, half what we used to make it would be like 20 percent 15 percent of what we used to make because the first half of the money your to pay your bills to pay your bills your fixed costs don't change right well they change, change a little bit but but you know a little bit less payroll maybe the landlord will continue with the rent abatement of 50 percent for a while right. but, yeah, yeah 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 but it, it's your last dollar that you really make your big money on your first, your well, first. As, as a as a building owner when i reduce somebody's lease um, because of covid my taxes don't change 100 percent of my expenses remain precisely where they are and so that's where the yeah. the the challenge is in, in yeah, you know, I, I think we can just sum this all up by saying it's not easy being jewish <laughs> they don't understand what we go through it's not easy it's not easy. look at what happened to jeffrey tubin <laughs> was he thinking about money he probably was right <laughs> all right what else fellas no, it's an hour well That's not it. quite we started a little bit late we started yeah. about seven fifteen. um and now we're at eight ten. Look, my divorce, my divorce is going pretty well. Oh, it's my nice divorce. to hear. I, I just wonder if this can continue. It seems too good to be true. I've never heard of a divorce going as well as Dove's divorce seems to be going. Well, listen, knock on, knock on, on wood. You know, we we we've agreed on terms, and I still get to see my kid a lot. You know, and because we're amicable, I'm I'm in the house with them, and and um. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll always miss not waking up with him in the morning, but, um, you know. Are you allowed to bang now? Like a racehorse, baby. Okay. Right. Um, I can bang anything, everywhere. I can do it tubing style if I need to. Um, yeah, yeah. Is she allowed to bang? I'm encouraging her to get on the stick again, yes. Oh, um, of course she's allowed. They're not a couple anymore, you know. I, I mean, yeah. whether that would I be... Know. I don't, know how, I don't know how strong Doug, Dove's pimp hand was. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. No, no. I, I, for a while, it was a bit nebulous, but I think right now it's, um, it's I have to be m- mature and I have to make the priority co-parenting and I have to, and she has to feel safe in her own uh, life. You know? So, 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 you know, being the, you know, being a little outrageous, of course she's a lot, I mean, I'm being kidding about the other stuff, but, uh, what about what are the rules about whether she can bring a boyfriend in, yeah. around your son? Well, she's not allowed to do it dog style in her house because I pay the rent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go missionary, that's going to be up to you, but it's got to be after the boy is sleeping. <laughs> Listen, you know, 
she's going to have to be able to live her life. I mean, that being said, I'm in that house four days a week with my kid. Um, and I want to be supportive and I'm paying for it. But when I'm not there, the idea that she couldn't have anybody over after the kid goes to sleep would be draconian. And I don't want to create, you know, enmity between us. Um, it's not good for the kid. But, but this is where the, the amicable, the amicable, amicable divorce could become less amicable is if she wants to move in with somebody. Then all of a sudden, you, you know, well, you access it your- yeah, it, add, it adds a wrinkle. I mean, it would also reduce my, my fixed costs every month because if she moves in with any someone, I'm not, you know, I'll no longer be on the hook for, for a significant amount of what I'm currently on the hook for. So there's an upside in that as well. But listen, we'd have to work through that. You know, somebody's going to have to know that's my kid and I'm going to be going out there and I'll be with him, you know, four days a week and the rest of the time in the city. Dan, is this... So what's the lesson from this? If you, if you have like a, a five-year relationship where, you're, you, where you can barely stand each other and you have two good weeks, that's probably not the time to decide to get married. Is that, is that the... Is that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's one of the lessons. Listen, <laughs> the other lesson is, yeah, is that, is that, and I think, is when people show you who they are, believe them for better... That's Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou, yeah. Well, it all comes back to Maya Angelou. The cage, may the cage bird sing. What, what was the name of that? Oh, what, so what are you saying? She didn't believe you when you told when you showed her who you were. Um, no, no, no. I think we both, you know, wanted each other to change more than the other person would. And so, in believing somebody when they show you who they are. In, in the psychological lexicon, they call it characterological, meaning these traits that are relatively immutable. They're innate. And so, you know, just there's, there's a give and take and there's compromise, but nobody's going to suddenly become not the person they were six months ago. And, and you got to, you know, play that out. Your cost benefit should, should, should. But at the same time, you have the kid with, so you, you know, you wouldn't necessarily do any, I mean, you're, the trade-off was that you have the kid. It was a worthwhile um, endeavor. It was. And I wouldn't have a kid had I not pulled that trigger. And so I don't look at the marriage simply with regret. And I'm, I'm less angry with her for not being who I needed. Uh, I'm more, you know, the, the personal responsibility associated with I made the decision to continue. So if she doesn't, you know, anyway. It's, what, it's, did she, what does she want you to change? How, does, how would you? How would she like you to change, you think? Oh, to be, I get a little upended by things and I run hotter than she does. And I, I like expression and, and sort of the notion of, uh, like the root word of relationship is relatability. And I want acknowledgement. I've been working on this new thing. I'm, it made me crazy. We were in Costco and she sent me into the big walk-in refrigerator for blueberries. Uh, uh, they have vegetables and fruit. Sends me in for blueberries. I come out, I said, there are no blueberries. She looked at me. She goes, you don't see anything. You live in your head. Uh, You don't. And then she just huffed off, walks in, comes back out. She's got a bucket of raspberries. I I, I said, what's that? She goes, I got raspberries. We start walking with that big cart. Doesn't mention the idea that there were no fucking blueberries. No acknowledgement around the idea that I was not crazy. You understand? There were no blueberries. So, So what you're saying is that 
she would like you to change by accepting her bullshit. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. that's kind of what you're saying. I don't think, I'm, I'm not a therapist, but I don't think you're playing this game properly. She's not here to defend herself. I mean, this is like really, I mean, I've never met her, but I'm going to she's she's, a, she's she's wonderful. On her behalf here, you know, um, she is my, you know, I've, I've known Dove through several women, several girlfriends. And, uh, you know, she's my favorite. But because uh, I only know, you know, what I know. Right. No, no, no. That's fair. I mean, but listen, the notion of somebody who's not expressive and is innately defensive. And, and look, there are a number of things without getting into the psychological weeds that make it an untenable relationship. Don't make her a bad person. Of course. Make her a bad person for me. And I think for anybody in the context of a romantic, sustained relationship, I think it will become a problem. I think the notion that the nature of a very defensive response system is that you're going to create a frosty environment. And, you know, her relationships have ended in such a way, I believe it's suggestive of some pathologies psychologically, and I've got my own. But those are, those, those are, those are hers. But you, but you are defining this in, really as, as her being the, the moving part here, that, that, she, she, that she's the fulcrum. If she, if she would change, you guys would get along fine. And uh, it's really that not about you like changing. What, that, that, that sounds like what my husband says. If I would just change, we would get along fine. So you're saying that... Um... No, There's don't no even, I, I can just see you cooking up some fucking response to that. You guys seem to, you and your husband seem to get along pretty well. Um, Does anybody no. have any comments about my new hat? Wait, wait, she's about to spill the beans about her husband. You and your husband seem to get along pretty well. We don't all the time at all. I mean, maybe in front of you we do, but like, isn't that the case for most relationships? Me and Juanita are exactly the same in front of you as we are uh, uh, not in front of you. Uh, Harry, we, we, go, we go head to head. I mean, I mean, you, you, I don't know. We... Periel, sounds like, you, like you're having trouble there. Periel, is there a danger of this marriage dissolving at some point in the near future? I mean, I hope not. I don't think so. Is, is um, Guy here? Can he come on and join us? I'm good at couples therapy. That would be a good episode to have. I'm just saying, I think um, relationships are challenging, especially when, I mean, we're very different people in a way that, um, I mean. No and Juanita, I think, win the prize for very different people, at least on paper. I don't know anything about your husband, but I look at Noam and Juanita and I I see very different people on paper. Noam, is that fair to say? Oh, yes. (laughs) <laughs> so, very different people that happen to, but very different people in a way, in a way that somehow works. I mean, you could be very different in a symbiotic way, in a complementary way, right? I mean, very We've different. been together for like 30 years. Who has? No, no one in one year. My wife, my wife, it, it went all, when, 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 when you strip everything else away, my wife is just a very nice, decent person. And and that is the the basis of the relationship. She you know she never takes advantage of anybody. She doesn't lie. She's she's she has no guile. She's never scheming or whatever it is. That's why like when we went through the when we went with, went through this Louis thing, 
it was so easy, you know, she was like, well, you know, you know, go do, do what you have to do. No problem. So that, that's, you know, I mean, I see other relationships. She doesn't, she doesn't really care about money. She doesn't like, it, it, she's very chill. And in other things, we don't, we fight, we, we, we don't get along, tell you the truth, in other aspects. But that core principle that we're both, I think, nice, decent people, I think I am too, but she definitely is. Uh, that's why I think it works. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. irregardless, and I know that's not a word, but I like to use it, irregardless of your differences. Well, that is a word, Dan. Well, they say it's not a word. I mean, well, look it up. I R R. I think it is a word because I looked it up. I don't use it. I just say regardless, but I'm going to look it up right now. Well, it, it is a word. The question is, is if it's considered a word that is a, is standard English. Yeah. Yeah, it's non standard. It's like, yeah, uh, gonna is a word or ain't is a word. A I N T. You know what, Dan? I, I stand corrected. It says right here non standard. It says it right there. Not standard. Non-standard. What I'm trying to say is... That's what they used to say about all sex. So. <laughs> yeah. What I'm trying to say is, is I think that there's something... I understand what Dove is saying in the sense that in the way that you relate to each other, um, that, that can be problematic. I mean, I think that I experience that with my husband. I think he experiences that with me, too. Oh, you know what? And, but, but as you're saying that, no, I heard Eric Weinstein use a phrase and he called, he called the challenge he had talking to someone he was interviewing as having a profoundly different inference patterns. And the core similarity thing, I think, resonates with me insofar as our, there is a kind of that core compatibility. But when you have profoundly different inference patterns with another human being it requires so much more work to find the center of the thing and i i, I think define you know, define what an inference pattern is i'm not sure i know what it is what's that now i'm not sure i understand what an inference pattern is i mean i think i can infer right. what it might no, be but I, go ahead of course no no but the notion of inference but i'm sure i'm sure periel would infer something quite different so you better explain it to us right of course <laughs> so i remember beeping the horn with her we, we were in we were in hawaii and some guy's falling asleep at a green light and she would she would jump you know as though as though there she experienced some significant liability there my and i was like what are you doing and then she goes why do you have an attitude and so our inference, our experience of what is happening is almost two alternate realities. And there isn't enough core compatibility. And so if you're talking to somebody politically, Noam, and you're using the word, uh, you know, uh, hypocritical, their inference pattern, if they have never experienced any intelligent, reasonable, centrist, conservative philosophy, is always that the, the hypocritical, it, it's a law, it's the light going off is in an area that it may not be going off for you. It's almost like the ability to sit down at the cellar and debate somebody. Somebody talks with their hands. For my wife, that was a threat. For another person, it's just communication. The inference of the word or experience is massively different. And that's what I mean by inference patterns. I have it when I go to California. By the way, I Googled, this is unrelated. I Googled woman masturbating Zoom accidental to see if there's been any verified cases. And I see a headline, teacher accidentally streams masturbating on Zoom, but it's Pornhub. And it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, uh, it's not real. So in any so, case. So, but, Mario, what do you put the odds of your marriage staying together 10 more years? I mean, let's hope high, right? Wow, let's get, let's get through COVID first. 
My I'm wife would say, there's no fucking way he's going anywhere. That's what my wife would say. Right, right. that's true. That is, I, I can say that there might be a chance that he's going somewhere. I'm not sure where he's going, but he might be going somewhere. Well, um, we wish you luck, Perry. Although I'll tell you, I, I, without mentioning any names, there's more than a few fellas uh, that have, have remarked to me that you are uh, desirable and attractive. Ariel is a desirable woman, and 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 and. and so regardless what happens, you will have options. Thank you. I, I really, I really appreciate that vote of confidence. That's what I. That's I hear things, you know. And that vote of confidence is has been communicated by somebody that looks like just f- fell off a naughty by nature uh, album cover. <laughs> this is my new. As you may or may not know, but tomorrow is my birthday. Unfortunately, I won't celebrate it as I often do at the Comedy Cellar with. Uh, with a cake, and they oh, often they will often uh, bring a cake in. If I'm, I didn't know it was your birthday. I don't keep track of anybody's well, birthday tomorrow. So that my sister got me this hat. So you have you you will you will not say anything negative. I about. certainly won't. I think the hat looks great. Dan, what are you doing for your birthday? Palm on it. I I have a, a family dinner tomorrow night, um, and uh, that's all. That, that's how do you, all. how do you do something like that outside? Yeah, it'll 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 likely be outside or or social distance inside, weather permitting. I don't know. Tomorrow actually, it looks like rain. What social distance inside? What does that mean? Well, that means that they have you know twenty five percent capacity. They they have less capacity uh, than they normally would, which is what the restaurants are doing anyway. On an emotional level, Dan's been practicing social distancing <laughs> for around five decades. About five decades now. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, I'm sorry to hear your relationship's falling apart. I'm really. I didn't say it was falling apart. apart. I think. That, that, I, I think you did. No, I did I not. That it is. It is not perfect, and that the prognosis is cautiously optimistic. I uh, sa- thank you, Dan. I said that we butt heads sometimes. Is I think what I said, from which you extrapolated that I was like filing for divorce tomorrow. All right. Well, I think he's looking, you know, misery loves company. Now, I think Noam, because he's not in a happy place right now, perhaps he wishes you the same. <laughs> my oh. inference pattern. Oh, look. I caught my kid standing under a picnic table umbrella for about six minutes. <laughs> Masturbating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was laying down a tube. <laughs> That's an adorable picture. I, I assume it uh, got some social media uh, traction. Did you put it on uh, Instagram? I don't know. I mean, I know you're not, you know, necessarily big on that. You, you, you know, you, you put two words together there, Dan. It was interesting. It's interesting how the brain works. You could have said social media traction or mm-hmm. social media attention, and you said social media attraction. Traction. I said traction, not oh, you said traction. I thought you said attraction. Well, not attraction. I stand corrected. Dan, why did you put Dove's penis on our um, notes of... Because I was, I, I sent Barry Allen Dove a list of possible topics, and the last topic was Dove's penis. It's called a joke, Barry <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we're not going to discuss Dove's penis. We've already discussed it. We have discussed it. Listen, listen to Perry She's like, it's not that I want to talk about it. I, I'm just wondering, Dan, why did you put that on the list? Like... <laughs> <laughs> not, that, not that I'm interested in talking about it, and really not that at all. I just just curious why you put it on the list. It's ad nauseum. <laughs> it's it's uh, an impressive it, enough piece of equipment. It, but, it, uh, there's really not much more to say about it than that. 
But it is interesting thinking about going back out into the dating world and how to navigate all of that in the age of COVID. I mean, I, I for the first time, when I was headlining in Philly, it was the first time I was, I actually talked to um, women at relatively close range that had been in the audience. And, and you know, what do you do? You, you test everybody. I mean, I, you got to. But what did you do is the question. He fucked both of them. Well, yeah, a guy's got to, you know, you got to buy, buy your ticket and take take your ride. I mean, no, it's, that's insane. You cannot be going into no, I didn't bank proximity up. with no. That's not good. I think it's safest to be a bottom and get a reach around. I think I think that's really the, the, the yeah, yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah, that's the way to do it. You know, you've got to. Uh, Unfortunately, I mean, this heterosexual thing is really jamming me up. Yeah. It's, uh, um, our time has passed. All right. Oh, it's 8.30. No, I meant it's heterosexuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> anyway, okay, so we'll, uh, we'll leave the audience with that, I suppose. Happy birthday, Dan. Well, happy, birthday, tomorrow. Dan. happy birthday. And everybody says happy birthday on, on, on Facebook, and I get, you know, hundreds of birthday messages. I feel good about myself. But then the very next day is Ray Allen's birthday, <laughs> and he gets, he gets the same amount of of attention. It's like I know, everybody's getting the same. Everybody's getting a hundred. You know, everybody's getting attention on their birthday. So I don't know. It's not just me. Um, you want Why don't we? Uh, we, you should tell tell Ray. Let's get together at the the cellar and uh, we'll get a, we'll get a red wine. Okay. Well, maybe um, uh, Thursday. I don't know. Well, no. I mean, I'm I saying think, if Ray, if Ray, you know, tell Ray to come, come. We can we can sit outside and socially distance. You can have a safe a safe wine. All right, I'll 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 I'll, uh, I'll let him know. And his is on the 21st. His is the day after mine. Oh, like, oh, a year and a day. A year and a day. He was born a year and a day after me. Celebration <laughs> uh, to two men having been born many years ago. Mine is on the 27th. Oh, really? Wow, we got a lot of October. We got a lot of October babies. A lot of October. So you're a Scorpion. Emerson Davidoff is on November second. There's a lot of birthdays. My coming. niece, my niece is November first. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of a uh, lot to celebrate in the coming months. Anyway, my niece is April twentieth. Shut up. Nah. Seriously. Yeah. That's Hitler's birthday. Yeah. She oh, is it's right. also April twentieth. I think it's the day Abe Lincoln died. Is it not? Oh. Or maybe it was April fifteenth. Because the Titanic was the 15th, I believe, or the 12th. Hold on a second. Uh, the Titanic was the April 15th, and Lincoln was shot. Lincoln, death. Lincoln, death was uh, uh, April 14th. He was shot. He was. I think he died on the 15th. He did. He died on the 15th. All right. So, so, uh, and Hitler's birthday was the 20th. So, a lot going on in April. Um, anyhow, uh, that's and, and by the way, just for the record, not that I, usually I wouldn't say this, but, I, but I'm actually meant it. I was, I was trying to tease Perry all about this point about, cause she always said, you know, talks about gender being whatever, gender and sex and all that stuff. But, uh, I do feel bad that I said regular women. I didn't mean that. This is the, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> for our final segment of the show, it's the weekly segment called Walk Back with Noam Dorman. No, I, I really, I mean, sometimes I edit these things out, but I'm not going to edit this out. But I, I just really didn't, I didn't mean that. I was really just, I was just trying to point out to Periel that she contradicted herself about something. Noam's heart has always been the right place. He can do no wrong. Noam Dwarman, 2024, President of the United States.
Periel is on is on is of the mind that um you that not only is she you know want to trans people to have a a life and not be discriminated against and all that I think which most decent people do and want to yeah. be treated with respect she she goes this extra step of saying like uh, a trans a, a trans female competing against a cis uh, I, whatever the terminology female is like like why what so what what's the big deal about that like even though the trans female you know laps she laps everyone else in the high school First like, of all, most and, and, and she was like well you even to talk like why are you even mentioning that like you're, you're something I know, like, that's not a fucking issue the issue is that like trans women of color have like the highest murder rate of like any We've been through this. First of all, the the unfortunate statistic about that, if you want to bring that up, is that like in all these crimes, they're usually killed by people like themselves. But who gives a shit about this sport thing? And most people do not want trans women to have safe, nice, healthy lives. That's not true. I I think most most people do. I don't. You said most decent people. So however, whatever percentage of people you think are decent, Right, which I, you know, I think are the majority. It may not be the. I mean, the, the, cons- I the conservative Supreme Court of the United States yeah. read trans rights into a gender bill a couple months ago. This is the right wing people have, yeah. have uh, did that. I mean, come on. But but on the other hand, just like you you, we understand the inherent logic in not having um, two hundred pound people competing in lightweight boxing divisions. No, I'm serious. Like. There is something we have to think about and saying, well, having somebody who had a testosterone bath for, for 20 years competing against females. I mean, it's just not yeah. an issue I feel passionately about like taking up. Well, right, because because you don't want to because you're you're intimidated by political correctness. So you will you will always buckle and and not and 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 say the emperor is dressed. That's just the I'm way not you are. Intimidated by mm. political correctness. I just don't give a shit about that issue. That is such a typical, you know, obfuscation that people do. Why? What about this? I don't care about that. Okay, that's not the point. Whether you care about it or not, but what about it? Like, like I never. My, my, my law professor asked. My law professor asked me a tough question. I never said to him, Professor, I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> you have to answer you have to answer the question you can't just you can't just embrace half the logic and then and the parts is inconvenient to decide not to care about that that's not that's not argumentation oh, Dwarf, 2024 guys i gotta run i gotta be crossed okay out. uh, uh, uh podcast at comedyseller.com for comments suggestions queries compliments criticisms um good night uh, good night all right good night everybody And you can follow us on Instagram at live from the table and listen to this wherever you get your podcasts or watch it on the Comedy Sellers channel on YouTube.